A little positivity. Warm greetings, fellow joymongers. Welcome to episode two of Joyfully You Life with Dr. Petrina Clark. In this week's episode, I'll first share some of the benefits of a regular meditation practice and then take you through a brief breathing exercise. We'll then review the four soul questions I shared last week and how you can use these with the breathing technique we practice. Finally, I'll tell you a story about finding purpose, share some insights for your consideration, and invite you to identify your own. So let's get into it. Most people have a general idea that meditation is a good thing to do. On many levels, it just intuitively feels like it's something that could be helpful. All too often, though, we get caught up in thinking there is a perfect way, perfect place, or perfect time to meditate. While it is absolutely true that there are some best practices and recommendations for meditating, there are two universal truths. First, any form of meditation is better than none at all, and any time is a good time to meditate. The most important things are to be comfortable and to be consistent. You don't need a dedicated room, you don't need special clothes, and you definitely don't have to strike a pose. What you do have to do, though, is allow yourself a few minutes each day to just relax, get comfortable, and allow a focus on your breathing to support you with being present in the moment. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's spend a few minutes talking about the benefits of meditation. The purpose of meditation is to find out who we really are. In the daily noise and chaos in which we have grown so accustomed to functioning, We have forgotten that our true divine nature is quiet and stillness. In this quiet and stillness, we remember that we are perfectly whole and wholly complete as part of a universal consciousness. The illusion of separateness creates tremendous stress. The pandemic has allowed us to see just how toxic the illusion of separateness is. Racially motivated violence is front and center on all of the news channels. Richer countries are being criticized for vaccine hoarding as poorer countries find themselves without the resources to effectively combat the virus. The inability to travel and physically connect with loved ones who would ordinarily provide a source of connection is adding to stress levels. And some relationships are actually crumbling under the pressure of too much togetherness, of not being able to outrun or outbusy the truth about the authenticity and depth of the connection. Let's face it, for many of us, our stress levels have been at an all-time high for quite some time. There is an extensive and growing body of medical research about the adverse consequences of chronic stress on our ability to effectively function mentally, physically, and emotionally. Chronic stress affects our brains by making it difficult to concentrate. It creates depression and can elevate our levels of irritability. Stress affects our cardiovascular system by elevating cholesterol levels, blood pressure, and making us more susceptible to heart disease. It lowers our immune function, resulting in a higher risk of becoming sick and longer recovery times once we do get sick. Stress affects every organ of our bodies. And our bodies are made up of a network of channels and systems that rely on the free flow of energy and information to function at their best. A buildup of stress inhibits the free flow of energy and information and leads to a buildup of toxins and blockages that lead to illness and disease. Rest is how we naturally heal ourselves. When we feel really sick, 
We sleep to allow our bodies time to heal. This form of rest, sleep, is referred to as restful dullness. In meditation, which we refer to as restful awareness, we experience deep rest, which helps the body experience greater balance and vitality. And restful awareness is where we provide an outlet for the chronic stress buildup, sapping us of our energy, vitality, and health. As few as five minutes of meditation each day has been scientifically proven to decrease the heart rate, normalize blood pressure, strengthen immunity, decrease levels of internal inflammation, decrease anxiety, and increase the levels of anti-aging hormones. That's right. Meditation actually makes you biologically younger. One of the easiest ways to enter a state of restful awareness or to meditate is to focus on our breath. So let's do that breathing exercise I mentioned. You'll need to be able to close your eyes. So if you're not able to fully participate right now, I hope you'll practice later. First, find a comfortable position. Whatever feels comfortable for you, lying down, sitting up, kneeling, whatever feels good for you. And as you get into your comfortable position, just allow yourself to really settle into your body, making whatever adjustments you feel you need to, to really get comfortable. Now, close your eyes and just start noticing your breath. Notice how your breath effortlessly flows into and out of your body. How this life-sustaining activity happens without your having to do anything at all. Just notice your breath. Is it shallow? Deep? Don't try to control it. Just pay attention to it, allowing it to flow effortlessly. Just continue breathing naturally for a moment. I'm going to invite you in just a second to take three deep cleansing breaths. To do this, you'll breathe in as deeply as you can and then hold your breath for just a second before exhaling as deeply as you can, trying to empty your lungs of every possible ounce of air. All right, so when you feel ready, I want you to go ahead and take those three deep cleansing healing breaths. After you've taken your three deep breaths, just allow your breath to return to its normal flow. When you feel ready, gently open your eyes. Congratulations on a successful meditation session. It really can be as simple as that. As I mentioned during last week's podcast, each Chopra meditation session invites us to ask four soul questions. These four questions create the space in our hearts and minds for all that spirit or God would reveal to us. And by posing these questions during our meditation session, while we're just gently focusing on our breath, we create the stillness and the peace to allow our soul to speak to us. So let's just review those four soul questions. The first one, who am I, is intended to get us out of our heads and take us beyond the roles and characters we play. This question moves beyond things like our name, titles, gender, or race. It goes to the essence of our being at the soul level. Asking the question reveals to us the essence of who we truly are. The second soul question is, what do I want? It is common when first asking this question to receive insights that are physical or tangible, such as a new car, a romantic relationship, or a better job. 
I encourage you that as these insights emerge, to challenge them lovingly with the follow-up question, why? Why do we want a relationship? Why do we want a new car? What is it we believe these things will bring to our lives? In our hustle and bustle way of living, we must give ourselves permission to slow down and quiet the noise so that the deeper truths about what we truly want at the soul level can emerge and inspire us to cultivate relationships and experiences aligned with these deepest desires. The third soul question is, what am I grateful for? Placing our attention in our hearts and allowing ourselves to feel and express gratitude for the wondrous and amazing ways we are supported in our lives is a game changer. Just as there is always something we can complain about or find fault with, there is always something to be grateful for. So cultivate a gratitude mindset where you actively acknowledge your blessings and launch little rockets of gratitude into the universe. One highly effective way to practice gratitude is to keep a gratitude journal where each day, ideally just before going to bed and or first thing in the morning, you jot down three things you're grateful for. Don't write down more than three and try not to write fewer than three. It's not intended to be a long laundry list as this can start to feel like a chore rather than a self-care ritual. And we know what we do with chores that we don't like. We tend not to stick with them. Finally, the fourth soul question is, what is my purpose? I'd like to offer an alternative question. How do I serve? You could also ask, what kind of contribution do I want to make? The heart of this soul question is intended to move us beyond self-serving desires and inspire us to take actions that make the world a better place. While individually we may not be able to address all of the seeming challenges in our world today, we can individually absolutely make a difference within our own sphere of influence. And by making our tiny corner of the world a bit brighter, a bit better, we are a part of the collective effort to raise the universal vibe. The question of purpose is one that has caused a lot of consternation. Many of us, self-included, have been anxious or frustrated by the seeming elusiveness of knowing our purpose. I'd like to share a story with you that may provide some inspiration. There once lived a very wise woman in a small village. She was the head of the local administration and respected by all for her wise and sage counsel. People came to her in times of need or just to seek some good advice on the different aspects of life. But ironically, her only son was seemingly not very motivated and spent most of his time eating, sleeping, or having a good time with his friends. No amount of advice or even threat made any difference to his attitude. As the years passed and the wise woman grew older, she got more worried about her son's future. So one day, she called for him to come to see her. When he arrived, she asked him to sit down and said to him, My son, I am getting older and do not know how much longer I can continue to take care of you and the family. It would give great comfort and peace to me to know that I could count on you to at least take care of yourself. Surprised by the anxiety he heard in his mother's voice, the son said, Mother, you have been by my side to guide me always. How will I ever manage without you? I can't bear to even think about your not being here with me. I would be so lost without you. His mother drew him close, hugged him and said, I want you to find the real purpose of your life. And when you find it, remember it always 
and it will lead you to a life full of happiness and joy. The son was comforted by his mother's embrace, and he reminded himself that his mother was respected for her wisdom and insights. While he admittedly had not paid much attention to his mother's counsel about his own life before, he found himself eager this time to hear what she had to teach him. His mother admonished him to get a good night's rest as he would need it for the journey he would begin early tomorrow. He went to bed that night feeling excited about his journey, and he woke up early and rushed outside to meet his mother the next morning. She was waiting for him with a small bag. The son eagerly took the bag and looked inside. He was surprised to find four sets of clothes, one for each season. Also in the bag, though, were provisions, some raw food, grains, lentils, a bit of money, and a map. As he curiously sorted through the things in the bag, he grabbed the map and looked up curiously at his mother. She smiled at him and said, that is a treasure map that I personally prepared just for you. It will take you to a hidden treasure that you must go and find. The son threw a fist pump in the air and jumped as high as he could, thrilled to finally have a true purpose for his life. He hugged his mother hard, thanking her. He immediately set out on his journey, eager to find the mystical treasure. The place on the map was far away, and he had to travel through many rivers, forests, valleys, and mountains to reach the ultimate destination. Each night, he prayed to be able to return to his mother and imagined how thrilled she would be when he showed her the wonderful treasure he'd found. He could almost hear her say, Well done, my son. The days, weeks, and months passed. He met a lot of people along the way. Some helped him with food. Some gave him shelter. He also, though, met con artists and thieves who tried to cheat him and occasionally stole from him. As he continued his journey, the seasons changed. Fall gave way to winter and spring to summer. Sometimes the weather turned harsh and he would have to pause his journey. These pauses always frustrated him because he was eager to find the treasure and return home to show his mother. Finally, after a long year, he reached the cliff below which his mother had told him he would find his life's treasure. And just below the cliff, he spotted the tree his mother had described on the map and started looking around it. He searched and searched, but found nothing. He spent two complete days without sleep, looking and digging for the treasure. He went to bed exhausted and devastated by his mother's obvious deception. He woke up the next morning and decided to start his journey back home. On the way back, he experienced the same changing landscapes and seasons, but this time he stopped to take in some of the wonders he encountered along the way. He noticed the beautiful wildflowers creating swaths of majestic colors across the hillsides. And in the meadows, he took in the sweet perfume of their fragrance. He closed his eyes to listen to the birds singing in the trees and opened them to watch their magical dance across the clear blue sky. He noticed the sun's triumphant rise each morning and its peaceful setting each evening, signaling time for rest and restoration. As he continued his travels, he also took pleasure in becoming more self-sufficient rather than solely relying on the kindness of strangers. He learned to hunt for his own food, sew his own clothes, and shelter himself from the harsh weather. He learned to calculate the time of the day based on the sun's position in the sky so he could better plan the timing of his travels. He also learned how to protect himself from wild animals and harmful plants. 
When he did encounter some of the same people who had helped him on his way, he stopped and spent some time with them to help them with their chores to show his gratitude. As he worked beside them, he reflected on their kindness and generosity in helping him and other passers-by without expecting anything in return. Over time, his anger with his mother had subsided, and he found himself looking forward to seeing her again. And while he prayed for her every night, he was also eager to ask her about the meaning of this treasure hunt. Had she just been trying to get rid of him? After just over two years, the son finally returned home. He went straight to his mother's room and was relieved to see her resting in her favorite chair. He approached her slowly and whispered in her ear, Mother, careful not to startle her from her nap. The wise woman slowly opened her eyes and a soft smile crossed her face. She stood and embraced her son. So how was your journey, my son? The journey was fascinating, mother. But forgive me, as I have disappointed you. Even though I traveled to the exact spot on the map and spent two days searching and digging for the treasure, I could not find it. Maybe someone got to it before I did. He was actually surprised at his own answer, that instead of being angry, he was asking for his mother's forgiveness. His mother smiled and signaled for him to sit down beside her. My son, I must confess to you, there was no buried treasure. Well, why in the world would you send me all that way in search of something you knew wasn't there? I'll certainly answer that question for you. But first, tell me a bit about your journey. I'm eager to hear about your experiences and the new friends you made. The son was initially slightly annoyed, as if he would dally when embarking on such an important mission. Mother, I had no time for distractions when I left because I was focused on reaching my destination as soon as possible, and certainly before anybody else could find the treasure. The son then paused for a moment and continued, but I did make time for these things on my return home, as I was no longer in a hurry. I saw these incredibly beautiful purple and gold flowers that had the most enchanting fragrance. I learned so many new skills. And yes, I have made wonderful friends that I look forward to your meeting. It's funny, as I think back, I hadn't felt badly about not finding the treasure for the last several months. That is until I arrived home and had to confess my failure. His mother held his hand and said, my son, you did not fail. In fact, you exceeded my hopes for your travels. I'm happy about the wonderful practical skills you've learned. These will surely continue to serve you well. I am even happier, though, to hear that you spent many moments on your return trip just being present and experiencing the wonders of the journey. My heart is filled with joy, my son. You see, life is about the journey, not the destination. And the richest and rarest of treasures are the moments we spend being fully present with intention and attention. Now I'm guessing you had the ultimate moral of the story figured out long before I finished telling the story. I would though like to highlight four nuances that may not have been quite so obvious. First, goal setting in and of itself is not a bad thing. In fact, it is very helpful to have clear intentions for our lives, complete with goals and timelines. At the same time though, we must not allow ourselves to get so consumed with the pursuit of the goal that we miss out on the many magical moments happening around us all the time. Second, you are never lost. 
in the same way that your GPS keeps recalculating your route if you miss a turn or take a detour, your destiny will continue to call to you. And the more open you are to your inner knowing, the clearer your path will be. You will experience more coincidences and random acts of alignment. Please know there are no coincidences and there is nothing random about your life. Third, the best way to protect yourself is to care for yourself. And caring for yourself is about more than bubble baths and massages. You may need to learn some new skills, form some new relationships, create a different physical environment. As you change, you grow. And as you grow, you change. Your life's experiences will continue to unfold to support you in this changing and growing, if you will allow it to. I do have to point out, though, that change and growth are choices. And these choices can sometimes be uncomfortable. It was probably a bit scary to be striking out on that long journey all alone with only a few supplies. And it was likely easier to rely on the kindness of strangers than to cultivate self-sufficiency and independence. But as the son acquired these new skills, he became a contributor rather than a taker. And he could engage in mutually beneficial relationships where he was helped and also helped. Finally, we can torture ourselves with others' expectations, real or imagined. It is quite natural to want our loved ones to be proud of us. The difficulty can come when we place too much pressure on ourselves to be something or someone other than who or what we are meant to be. When I shared last week how I spent almost 20 years with a lot of noise in my head about what my not having finished my undergraduate degree meant, that one voice that I should have been heeding most closely was my own. Finishing that degree wasn't about anyone other than me, and I was the only one who could do it. So the time would have been much more constructively spent getting clearer about my own desires and intentions and acting from that space rather than merely resisting, or in some instances, even complying. And the son in our story was having a wonderful return trip home until he remembered his perceived failure and how his mother would feel when he told her. While it is inevitable that we will disappoint our loved ones, we don't have to try to pregame the disappointment. Rather, we can endeavor to meet those moments with humility, grace, self-love, and compassion. I'm sure there are other nuances we could share if we were having a good old face-to-face. -face. So I invite you to reflect on whether there are other aspects of the story that provide personal insights for you. And that brings us to the end of our time together for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. In closing, I want to remind you that if you notice yourself feeling anxious or angry or out of sorts in any way, just breathe. The breath anchors us in present moment awareness and allows us to recenter and reconnect with the divine truth about who we really are. Until next week, be joyfully you, full of joy, fully you. I live